Awesome, yeah. We've all been talking, but uh, Tasso hasn't had a chance to say good morning properly. Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are all well. Uh, you know, just in case, I was, uh, you know, as I was driving here, it just came to my mind. If you know nothing about God, you've never heard anything about Jesus, you, you know, you just know absolutely nothing. And let's say one day you want to approach God and you just stand before Him. There's one scripture that came to my mind, and it always says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. I tell you what, <laughs> Amen. So, just in case you don't know God, when you come to Him, although whatever I don't know, whatever you might be feeling, you know, in your heart, maybe guilt, maybe shame, whatever, He says when He looks at you in His heart, mercy will triumph over your judgment about yourself. And uh, man, I tell you that that uh, you know, I was just driving. And you know when it starts overwhelming you, and it's, and you just can't stop, and you're sort of <laughs> ready to cry, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> that's a good stuff. That's a good stuff. That's a good stuff. So that's my good morning. Amen. What a good morning. <laughs> Beautiful stuff, man. You know those moments, hey, guys, are the moments that we live for, right? In the car, or at home, in the shower, when you're in the bath, when the voice of the Lord just comes in there and drops something maybe it's an old word that you've known or something that you've known for years but that word just gets sprinkled with his with his presence and his life and all of a sudden what happens the heart becomes so tender amen yeah. couldn't we it would be so cool if we could just stay in that mode all the time just be tender 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 like a like a lamb chop eh? yeah. amen now i'm making the oaks hungry yeah check there <laughs> The oaks are going, yes, we've got lamb chops at home for lunch. <laughs> God is good, amen. Come on, give him one more round of applause. <laughs> Gee whiz, man. I had, a, I had a moment like that in the, sh in, in the shower. Um, I think it was two days ago. And uh, it really, it was one of those beautiful, tender moments. And uh, I was just sitting there, well, I wasn't sitting in the shower, standing in the shower. And I was thinking about my uncle. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 46, 40, turning 47, on my way to 50. What? Almost, no almost as old as Monet. I know he looks 50-something, but, <laughs> but um, praise God. See what grace has done for me. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, <laughs> so I, was on my, I was in the shower and I was just thinking about my uncle. Now, when he got to my age, and a lot of uh, the elderly men that I used to look up to, you know what brought it up was last week you said, you know, when you get to 40s, 50s, the hole, yes. you know, and I was thinking about what he said last week, because he said that hole, if we haven't dealt with our hearts, that hole just gets so much bigger, and that's why we start seeing people do weird things, like buy Porsches and marry 21-year-olds at the age of 55, and buy leather jackets, grow beards, and Harley Davidsons, and get back into the gym and start taking steroids, and it, it's so crazy. But that's just a sign that there's, there's no connection, there's no peace, there's still something to be looking for on the outside, you know? There's no peace in our heart. And I was in the shower, once again, I'll get, so, and I'm just thinking of my one uncle who I had so much respect for, I mean, he was my hero, you know? And um, he did so much for me in my life, and then he loved my aunt, he loved his family. He was a, he was a, a man who worked with his hands, okay? He was a, um, 
what do you call it? No, no, he was a, um, a boiler maker, okay? And uh, he very experienced, started his own business. Eventually, he was doing so well financially. His family was so sound. His marriage was awesome. He loved my aunt. Man, it was such a beautiful example. And all of a sudden, this, the money and, you know, a little bit of the, because he got into gym and bodybuilding and all of a sudden, things started going a bit weird. And the next moment, it was me, myself and I. It was no longer my family, my wife, my children. Um, and everything just went haywire, you know. And um, the next moment, affairs started happening, um, disrespect to my aunt. I'm somebody that he used to basically, I mean, I can't explain it to you. Whenever she was in the room, she was like the center of his attention, you know. Now he was just disregarding her. He was out doing his own thing, pumping up the juice, and um, he had all the money, buying all the fancy cars. And the next moment, life went so sour, went so bad, he, he landed up killing himself. Started having an affair with, uh, with a lady who drove him nuts, and every time he wanted to go back to my aunt, she would threaten him and his life. And I mean, she was really a heavy person, you know? And um, dark, yeah, dark, very dark lady. And what happened was she had a hold on him and eventually he couldn't, he couldn't decide. And what he opted out for was just take himself out. And I was sitting there and I was like, Lord, but he, he loved you. He was a man, he, he, he was a man of God. He, well, I thought he was, I was still young, but he, he would pray and he, and he would read the Bible and he had like some kind of a relationship with you. How did it go so wrong so quickly? What happened there, you know? And um, the Lord put, dropped this in my heart and he said, this could never happen to you. And I said, why, Lord? And he said, because I have put my word so deep in your heart that even if you wanted to stray, even if you did stray, you'll be able to come back. And I was like, thank you. I just started crying. And I was like, geez, Lord, I wish this could be for everyone that's going through this at this age, you know. And he said, that's where I am your refuge. He said, I am your refuge and your strong tower in your heart. And this is what we wanted to talk about this morning. Because as Christians, we tend to forget that Christ is in us and we are one with him. And we've got this external idea of church and God. We think we're going to church on a Sunday. No, you are the church. Are you with me? And we think that if we get to the building, we're going to be safe under, un, under his wings. We have this external picture, you know, that if we can just get into this, this atmosphere out there that's going to keep us safe and sound, everything will be okay. But through 20 years of ministry, I know many people that come into the atmosphere on a Sunday, but they don't have it in their hearts. Are you with me? And the wisdom of God is not, is not cemented in the heart. The logic of God is not cemented in the heart. The value that God places in us for who we are is not embedded in the heart to the point where it keeps us. Are you with me? That's the only thing that's going to keep you guys. It's the only thing that's going to keep me is that knowing that intimacy with the word in my heart. We saw what Jesus had to do in the grave a couple of weeks ago. All Jesus had was the word. All you actually got is 
the word. Amen? But how much of it, how precious are we, are we uh, uh, putting it into our heart? Like um, Jess was saying this morning. So we want to go into this thing this morning because we're talking about the religious spirit, amen, and how much leaven is in our lives. And wouldn't it be a total disaster if we have this external idea of Christianity where we think that, you know, if I go to the prayer room, I'll be, I'll be okay. If I go to church on a Sunday, I'll be okay. If I go to the prayer meeting, if I hang out with Christian people, I'll be okay. All those things are good, but none of those things will keep you. Only the relationship that you have with the word itself in your heart can keep you. Yeah. Absolutely. If you Absolutely. want to jump in there. Yeah, that, uh, that one, I think you told me on Friday. Yeah. yeah, Friday. Oh, hey, everyone. How's it going? Are we all good? Praise the Lord. These heaters are working, by the way. It is warming in here, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The guys who are closer, just uh, take it easy there. You know? I know sometimes when you're on the heater, you're like, have you seen dogs around a gas heater? Yes, they come, they're happy, and then they're around the gas heater, and they're like. But yeah, what, what you're saying, because, um, you, you know, uh, we, we touched on last week that need to be distracted. Yep. You know, and that, that need to be distracted. And, um, you know, while, while you were talking, I was, I was just thinking about, you know, when you're around those people who are so driven, you know, man, they are organized. They don't wake up one minute late. They've got 55,000 things on their list for that day. And I promise you, on that day, that list will be clear. Like, sheesh. You know, you sit around people like that and I get nervous. I'm like, I'm so useless. Like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and it's, it's just how we're programmed. You know, that, that, that uh, the, the, the world system that we've grown up in, our culture, you know? It's just how we've been programmed that life is in doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But the biblical principle is that life produces doing. Are you with me? Because life is in Jesus. Are you with me? And when people get to that point where all these lists are ticked and they've been revving so high for so long, then they realize, hey, well, what am I if I'm not doing something? Yeah. What am I if I'm not chasing the next thing? You know? Uh, am I going to be fulfilled if I don't have a list to tick off every day. Are you with me? Where all those questions need to be answered in our Christ reality. Are you with me? And that only comes from the word. Because if we, if we take on a logic that says, hey, you're only good if you do X, Y, and Z, or you're only valuable if you do X, Y, and Z, right? The word of God tells us that we're valuable because of God's love towards us. Mm. Now, immediately, we're faced with that, that, that tension, that friction, if I can call it. And like Jess pointed out this morning with that soil, now that word wants to come and say, listen, God is telling you, you have value because I love you. I give you your value, mm. not what you're doing. Yeah. Now, that enters your heart, and it's like, okay, I need to get in here. How do I get into this heart now? Because that word is what's going to bring life to you. Are you with me? And that process of, listen, let me go in and turn and turn, which I have done that once or twice in my life. I think that's why I just like gardens and not gardening, you know, but that's fine. Where's Uncle Trev? You mustn't judge me over here. I know Uncle Trev's got green fingers. But, um, but it's that process, that, that process of turning is to change that, is to say, okay, before I used to see myself as this. Now I'm releasing that 
And I'm going to believe that I have value because of God's love for me. Are you with me? And it's, it's quite dangerous, guys, because if you think, even if you look back, no matter what age you are, think back at points in your life where you were extremely busy. The pressure was on. Everything was happening. You almost felt like there was less to do in life, right? Even though you were so busy, you didn't have time to worry about being, I'm sad now, or I'm worried, or I'm, you know, all that stuff. You're like just distracted, distracted, and you're going. And then when you had moments where things were calming down for a couple of months or a couple of weeks, you know, then all of a sudden you had all these issues. You start fighting with people. You start getting itchy to spend your money on things that you think are going to make you feel well. And, you know, all this sort of stuff. You start a new hobby. Yeah. Ah, I signed up at the gym. Why? I don't know. I just feel like it's time. I've got time now. I'm going to sign up at the gym. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Then you sign up for that 700 grand a month. You go twice the first month. And then at the end of the year, they phone you like, hey, you haven't been here, but you spent like 7,000 rand. Um, are you still, you still want to come? <laughs> We're not going to cancel it. You tell us, you know. Everyone's guilty. I can see their faces. They're like, yeah, ish, pastor, yo. But are, are you guys with me? But there is, there is a, a sense of life that is always consistent, that's always full, that's always peaceful, that's always giving, independent of your action, independent of the tasks you need to get done. Are you guys with me? And that is the sense of life that Jesus is calling us to experience. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that sense of life is anchored in him and only him. Are you with me? It's not about, um, like you're saying now, Deeds, you know, with, the, with that hole that we mentioned last week, you know? It's, it's not about, okay, how do I keep covering this? How do I keep running away from this? It's about saying that thing's dead. Jesus, what is the life that you're showing me? And when we take that word, what he says about health, what he says about wealth, what he says about righteousness, what he says about relationships, what he says about anything. And we start taking that word and we start putting it in. What's going to happen is that when we get to those points where we, we feel those itches, you know, we feel it and we, we're like, oh, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe that's a good idea. When that's deep in our hearts, it becomes our default setting. So we won't abnormally use a relationship. Are you with me? Abuse, abnormally use, is that, I don't know. Abuse, a relationship. We won't do that. Because in our hearts, we're saying, okay, God has said it must be this way. So even though we know we got to move forward, we're always going to move forward in his righteousness. Are you guys with me? And his righteousness is, like you've said for years now, Tasso. That's where everything is harmonious, you know? Yep. That's where life gets this harmony. Are you guys with me? So when we think about walking with God, you can't think about, let me get to church, like what you're saying. Let me get to church. Let me start this. Let me all of that, right? All of that has benefit, but it's not the key to your peace. The key to your peace is connecting with Jesus. Do you know how often we see believers getting involved in Christian things but never getting involved with Christ himself. Mm. Huge difference, guys. Huge difference. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Because I, and, and this is so important because uh, peace, when you're looking at peace, you need to look at a person. I know we've said that thousands of times, but I'm telling you, we, we just seem to forget when we get into situations. We just totally get this amnesia, yeah. you know, where... 
okay, where, where do I find peace? And like you said, your default setting. Where did I find peace before? Yeah? And you go back and you say, okay, all right, let me go get a boyfriend. <laughs> or let me go, let, let me go and, and, and buy some shoes. You know, or let me go and do, you know, because, okay, that, that somehow brought some peace to me. So, yeah. Um. That's, that's, but that is so good because we can, we can actually perceive, like, going to go play games for five hours yeah. as, uh, not pointing at you, uh, Bash, but. <laughs> hey, whoa, I know Jesus' peace, okay? <laughs> but, but think about it. Um, it's so easy just to, there's such a fine line though, because going to go do that thing can bring you some kind of rest and, and, and so on. But it's actually, it's not the rest of Christ. It's, it's almost escapism. Yeah, it, well, it is. Bad. It's escapism from actually resting in the real peace. Yeah. You know, I, I was saying to, to folks before, it's like, you know, I love watching football. And uh, I would sit there um, watching Chelsea beat Man United every every. <laughs> And it was a <laughs> Tula, 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 Tula. Whoa, and um, you know, while I'm watching the football, all of a sudden a worry wells up inside. Uh, maybe it's a financial thing. Oh, how are you going to do this? Or how are you going to service this client tomorrow? What are you going to do over there? And in that moment, okay, I've got to know the person yeah. of peace. Because in that moment, I could either lose watching the whole game because one thought becomes two thoughts, two thoughts become a, become a thought pattern, a thought pattern becomes uh, uh, three days of anxious living and worry, and then the next moment, six weeks of my life are gone because of one instant. Yeah, yeah. Are you with me? That's how it works, guys. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's true spiritual warfare. It happens up yeah, there. That's it. You know, you've got to keep yourself in peace, but the only way you can keep yourself in peace is when you're connected to peace, the Prince of Peace himself. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So when, the, when those thoughts of anxiousness and worry and all that come, it's like I, I relate it back to, I actually just picture myself doing this. I, mean, I know Tass is a little bit older than me. No, the other end, the other end. So is my dad. The safety of when I was a kid and I didn't know what to do, I would just put my hand in my dad's hand. Right there in that moment, I knew he's got it. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's the principal sending a letter home, even if it's whatever. All I need to do as a child of God is just connect to dad's hand in that moment. And I know him. I know his character. I know his promises. I know what he has, has said, who he is. Are you with me? And immediately I can rest as a child of God. Yeah. It's about that person. Yeah, and it is. And um, I mean, it's beautiful what you brought out now because what happens is in that moment were you experiencing that uh, um, worry or anxiety, I don't know, whatever it is, in that moment you have to stop. You have to stop yourself, you know, and you say, my perception is screwed up here because I'm, I'm viewing this from, from a perspective where it's creating all kinds of negative emotions within me, mm. you know. And not only that, it starts activating a lot of other stuff within you. Yep. It does, eh? Yep. Yeah. So unless you stop there immediately and you say, 
in your heart, like Didi was saying now, Jesus, you're my refuge. Right now, I need to enter into you. And I need to feel your wholeness. Because remember, like you said, this is also a distraction. Inside your heart, this thing is happening there. Eh? It distracted you inside your heart. Okay, so you're looking at it, and now that thing is controlling you. You've got no power over it. You see? So although sin is no longer has power over you, you have just allowed it. You see? Because what you're focusing on. So I need to enter now immediately into the wholeness of Jesus. Immediately. I need to find myself in him. So as I change my focus and my attention towards that and begin to feel myself in him and and experiencing this wholeness, the wholeness that you are life. That's what we're talking about. You are life. I'm in you. Now I'm allowing myself to be permeated by your life, which that means I'm whole now. Okay. From that point on, what you have is the God of provision. You see, you can't be on on this, this field here, which... Like you said, it, it hasn't been cultivated. Okay. You can't be on that field and, 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 and expect God to come and do something. You have to get out of your worry and enter into his wholeness. And the Bible says, like you read, you will see. Yes. Come on. So what are you going to see? See that wherever the next moment is provision is already there. Oh, man. In other words, every time I get to whatever moment it is of time, the provision has always been manufactured by him. You know, he's not going to do it at that time. It's already there. I mean, that word Jehovah Jireh, you know, God, your provider, me, no. It means in the Hebrew, when you get there, the provision is there. That's what it means. Wow. So all I need to do is get out of this this delusional eh? thing that I'm experiencing, which is not real, which is not in harmony. Yeah, and now enter into a person who is the peace, the Prince of Peace, and I start experiencing the gospel of peace suddenly. I start experiencing the covenant of peace that he has with God. Man, he's got nothing to do with me. It's what he did and what I'm experiencing of him. And the next moment, I mean, look at how you've changed your vantage point. The next moment... You're going to see provision. I don't care where you are. I don't care where the world is going. Hey? I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care where the world is going. I will see provision just like Isaac. All he did, he says, in the, in the book of Genesis, when he got there in the time of famine, he sowed. What did he sow? He was sowing exactly the same. What? It was a different seed he was going to sow. It was not, no, it was exactly the same. But he sowed while there was famine at that time, and he got a hundredfold return. It was an internal reality. 
Internal reality, people. Let us not miss this. We are forcing God, just like the, the children of Israel, we are forcing God to do things externally. So true, right? Because, you know, what you brought out there is that you have to stop and you have to deal with the thing, yeah. you know? And um, we can't just cover it up. If there's, if there's a, a hint of fear or worry or whatever, you can't just cover it up with positive confession. No, no way. No, you cannot. No, no, no. And, and you, can't, you can't, like, wait for God to stop your worrying. Because no. biblically, he doesn't say, I'm going to make you stop worrying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, do not worry. Yeah. You know, stopping your worry is, is our thing. Yeah, it's your you responsibility. But let's take that concept of falling into a work instead of resting in the work of Christ. Yeah. So there's worry, there's, there's, there's anxiety or whatever. So what, what have we been taught? Confess. Positive confession. Go, 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 go. And the oaks start confessing. Have you heard them? Yes. And they can hoi. I'm telling you. They can't even have conversation. Hey, how are you doing? I'm blessed coming in. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, okay, thanks. Are you having a good day? I'm blessed. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm glad to hear yeah. that, brother. It's like, how's it? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> how's it? I'm the head, I'm not the tail. Oh, yeah. but, but what does that look like to you? From the outside looking in, somebody who's leaning on their positive confession as a work, okay, they're actually in fear. Absolutely. Yeah. They actually are anxious and they are working this thing from themselves. The positive con uh, confession has no power unless you are resting in Christ at that moment. Yeah. You can go and pray for five hours out of fear, not in faith. Yeah. Are you guys with us? Yeah. This is all about connecting to the person, the source, so that you can have lights, so that you can see. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Positive confession can be just a generator without petrol. <laughs> We're going to get into Eskom jokes here any minute now. Are you with me, guys? So all these things are good, but if they're not used correctly, or if they're not exercised properly within the person of Christ, then your positive confession has, I don't know, how much power does it have? It has about as much power as the fear that, you, that is consuming you at that moment. It, it has the power until you change your focus. Our next, until the next moment comes. Yes. And then you look somewhere else. Yeah. That's it. Do you know that in 2005, there was um, a study done about positive confession or positive thinking? Okay? And... Uh, it only, they, they found out it only works for 15% of the people. Doesn't work for everybody. Only 15%. One five or 15? One five, sorry. Oh, one five. One five. I, I thought it was 50. I'm like, that's not too bad. No, no, no. One 15. Five. <laughs> one five. Okay. So think about it. 15%. So the guys who are naturally positive people... And I don't want to get into that because they became naturally positive because of the combination when, you know, the, when they were conceived and all that. I don't, I, I don't want to get, don't ask me to get into that, okay? <laughs> but anyway, only 15% of society can actually be positive. That, that's a so think about it now. Okay, and I think it was a 5 billion uh, uh, study that was done. 
Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so they discovered, they discovered that whether you're going to confess or not going to confess means absolutely nothing for the rest of the people. Because it's what's working on the inside of you, okay? Now, I went and I did a bit of a study on that and, uh, a few years back. And the way that you've been wired about positive confection is as follows. You have what we call a left and a right brain. So your left brain is always linear thinking. You know, it wants details, it wants analysis, it wants data information. But your right brain always works with pictures and concepts and colors and things like that. So now when you go and you do a positive confession, the, the, the right brain gets a hold of it and says, okay, so you're saying you want to be wealthy. Okay, so you got your little picture there. So now you're confessing that and you say, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. Now, you forgot that you have a left brain. Because the left brain comes and tells you, okay, you want to you, you wanna think that way? No problem. Just please give me all the reasons exactly. why, according to your track record, analytical stuff, you want to be this picture. Please tell me. So your left brain goes back and it starts saying, well, I don't think you deserve it. Because look at you. That's what the left brain says. Look at you. Look at your track record. See, that's why we're the worst, our worst enemy. So, and God knew that. And that's why I gave you free gift of righteousness and not works righteousness, because he knew. So he, he, you know, so he goes, you go and you say, okay, well then, uh, I, I haven't tried hard enough to imagine the picture. I need to put more color mm. to convince my left brain to release me. <laughs> <laughs> Recognize me, chair. Recognize me, And let me, me be. Let me be. And what do you do? You keep getting, now notice what you're doing. You're getting out of your comfort zone when you do that. And you're creating stress for yourself. Why? Because the image you have of you is not uh, uh, conducive. And it doesn't line up with the image that you are presenting. So the minute you put yourself in stress, guess what happens? You start getting into negative emotions. You start getting into, in other words, guilt and shame. And you start remembering all kinds of things. Okay? And then the more you become determined, because you're now a strong person. I'm going for it. They told me. So the more you're doing it, okay, you bring yourself into sickness. You make yourself sick. You bring disease. Because that's the only way that your heart can bring you back. Hey, but we're not like this. Where are you going? Okay, so there, this is why God knew that. So when he gave you the promises, you could go back to the sun and your left brain, you tell your left brain, yeah, I don't, but he did. Come on. Come on. And he qualifies me. Come on. Ah. 
It's not based on me. It's based on him. So then your heart releases you and says, go for it. You see, that is the only way God knew how he designed you. And remember, positive thinking is only the last, and confession, the last step that you do based on, on the steps that I've given you. That is the only way that you can do it safely is when you have Jesus as your foundation. Amen. Amen. Jesus. So, so, so on, on, on that, that process now, right? yeah. so the positive confession you guys heard now. Don't you guys want some coffee? I'm, I'm drinking this by myself. <laughs> you, you go. Listen, but you're on fire. You okay. need to cool down a bit. You good? You, it's all, you have your coffee. Thank you. We, you firing us up here. It's all right. Living waters, all the rest. Okay. But that process, can you see that positive confession is only a result when it's real in your heart? Yeah. Positive confession does not make it real in your heart. No. All right. So now. Let's have a look at where the leaven is in that process. Mm. Because now, we're talking about leaven, right? And leaven is the thing that's going to cripple you. It will. Jesus himself said it. Okay? So in that process, the leaven enters every single time that left brain has a justification that's not in Christ. Mm. Every time... The left brain, you know the logic that has to explain now. The left brain needs a reason, a justification. It's saying, I need evidence to make this real. Every time it gets a reason that is not in Christ, that is leaven, ladies mm. and gentlemen. So whatever reason you're going to build up, because the truth is, a lot of people don't connect to the person of peace because they, they get presented with all the failure. Yeah. They get presented with all the danger. They get presented with every single thing that can go wrong. And what do they do? They act on that evidence. That's where dead works come from. We're choosing a work other than what Christ has done. Are you with me? So now, but now when we go into that place and we say, okay, cool, Christ says, I can have this. And then you create and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I, I can be whole. I can be content. I can be healed, I can be prosperous. All these things, every promise of God is available to me. But what has been preached over the years is every promise of God is available to you, you go and do this and you'll get it. They don't tell you that every promise of God is available to you and it is a reality for you because Christ has done what is necessary. Mm. Are you with me? I'll give you a basic example, right? How many of you have a sort of uh, a career or financial endpoint where you reach a point you're like, this is what I'm working towards? Anyone? Right? Okay, none of you? Okay. All oh, right, thanks. thanks. Yeah, yeah, they've given up. It's been tough, you know? <laughs> it's been tough. But you're getting there, right? But now, with all the logic that you've been given, what is it that you're measuring that goal against? Let me study more. Let me put in more hours. Let me, 100%, because that's the logic that we have. It's like, the logic is, I must be qualified to get this. Mm. That's what Tasso is saying. I must be qualified, because your brain's, you're not worthy, bro, I'm sorry. You're not good enough, right? I must be qualified. So what do you do? You try more. 
and you try more, and you try more. So when you read the promise of the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and adds no sorrow with it, you look at your life and you're like, aye, there's a lot of sorrow here. <laughs> when that alarm goes off half past five in the morning in winter, you're like, Lord, I'm sorrowful right now. <laughs> but hallelujah, I'm blessed. <laughs> you know? And, and it's because... Yeah, go back to sleep. You know, I'm, blessed. Right? I'm blessed. It's fine. <laughs> but the, the principle is that that leaven, all right, which is all based on self, self trying to be qualified, is what is driving your action. Are you with me? It's that friction between seeing what is possible, but trying to get qualified to get there. Are you with me? And God saying, right, in Christ you're qualified. Anything that you can, uh, what does it say? Now to him who can do exceedingly above all that we can yeah. ask or think, or, or, yeah, or imagine or anything, right? right? Anything, above all of that, do you know why? It says anything we can think or imagine. Do you know why it says that? It's because Christ is so highly qualified, you cannot come up with something that's more valuable than he is. Amen. Kellen, you received that one. I saw that on your face. You're like, let's go. That's good. Are you guys with me? So when we're talking about, guys, the leaven, right? Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees is because their entire thing was to make the law of God keepable. And what they did was they forfeited the logic of God and put their own logic in place to qualify themselves. Meanwhile, God has been saying since the beginning, I am the one who qualifies you. Yeah. Are you with me? Do you know from God's perspective, self-righteousness is a human concept. Do you know that? From God's perspective, the only righteousness that exists in the Bible is faith righteousness. Abraham. He believed, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Done. Thank you. Come again. Right? Self-righteousness is a result of people putting in their own efforts to be qualified. Are you guys with me? Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's very simple because you, you actually answered it yourself when you say it's the word believe. The word believe means something that now has changed my sense of self. When, I, when, when, when the word says something, it's, it's not my, you know, when I agree with the word that makes it, uh, uh, that makes it believable. 
I only believe it here in, in, in my mind. When it says believe there, it's when I take it and I make it a part of me. I make it, in other words, that specific scripture or identity, whatever it is, it now have worked on it, just like the, the sower, so much that it, it, it's, it's become part of who I am. That's how the word believe is presented. Now, all of those things that I'm telling you, I've just told you, is the process that I do to get myself to believe it. I haven't believed it yet. So believing, it's very interesting in, in, in the Greek, always has to do with believing something in your heart. Now, when we're talking about the heart, we're talking about the identity. So unless you see and feel yourself differently than you have felt and saw yourself before, you know you haven't believed. Unfortunately, Western mindset says, you know, that believing is I hear the information, I compare it with all the other informations that I have, um, I reject them all, and I accept this one. So once I accept it, and then I'm able to tell other people all what I've accepted, you know, I brought understanding, well, then I've believed it. That, but that's not believing. Believing needs to change the core of who you are. You see, then what you say will come to pass. If you haven't changed the internal reality, then what you say, is, it's, it's got no weight. Only when you have believed and altered your sense of self. That's why we always want to go into the internal. We want to change the internal. We're not looking at external things. Once the internal changes, the external will fall into line. One way or another. It will, it, it will come to pass. So that, that's what the, uh, <clears throat> that scripture is saying. That I need first to believe to see myself differently than what the, the perception that I have of myself right now. See, I can't be, it's, it's like with, with Didi, like we were saying now, you, you can't be at a situation and, and you're in that situation and, and suddenly the situation is dictating to you. Then you're not believing. Yeah, but I know that what the scripture is. I've told everybody. I mean, I believe it. Why? No, no, no. You're not believing. Because the circumstance is controlling you. It's dictating to you. That's how you know you're not believing. Not of the information that you had on your head. So... I'm telling you now that we need to get into that place where we continuously cultivate the garden of our hearts, the ground of our hearts. And I'm telling you, I've learned that from uh, back years from, from a gentleman uh, called uh, James B. Richards, where he explains that heart physics principle. He calls it the heart physics principle. You know, and once he says you embrace that reality, you know, you begin to understand the inner workings 
and the mechanics. That's the key, the mechanics of the Christian life. Because, you know, like you were saying, either we're going to go two ways, either legalism or we're going to go into information, revelation, deeper revelation, which is called mysticism. And those are the two things that we're going to do. That's the leaven that we're talking about here. That's the, the alternatives that we have. And remember, it's your heart that determines whether the truth that you are hearing is light or darkness for you. The truth never changes. It never changes. But it's my heart. If I've got leaven in my heart, well, the truth is going to kill me. What? Yep. The truth is going to kill me because of the way I view it. Because it's misrepresenting the names of God in my heart. It's misrepresenting the finished work of Jesus and his character. Because that's what determines how truth works. So, again, please take this to heart. Think about it. You know, go and ponder it. And don't put expectations of God if something doesn't work out for you. You know, don't put it out there and say it's your fault. Always in your heart say, okay, am I in line with what God says? Do I really believe it at a heart level? And be brutally honest with yourself. God's not going to clobber you or anything. You're only wasting your own time. Yeah. At the end of the day. He's just, he, he's, he's going to say, look, I know where you are. Thank God. 50% just by acknowledging it, just by saying that you, you know, that, you, that you're not believing it that way. Well, guess what? From now on, I'm ready by the Holy Spirit to help you to get out of here where you can believe it. There is grace, in other words. I'm going to give you the grace to get you where you can believe it. So, I mean, we've, we've got, we, we covered from every side, people. Mm. Every side we covered. So, let's remove the leaven. Leaven, again, is unbelief. Leaven is the way, again, when, when we're not in line with the truth of God in our hearts. You know, that's how leaven... Um, grows inside of us and remember leaven can you imagine you know that, that that you have this universe i always go into that that god has created and everything is in is in harmony he created you to be in harmony with with his design and suddenly because you have this vacuum the whole is the vacuum inside of you you simply are not aligning with anything because you're only looking, how am I going to fill this? Maybe it's my desires that will do it. Let's just try the desires, you know. Oh, maybe it's the passion that I have. Maybe that will do it. Ah, oh, maybe it's the ministry, the big ministry that I'm going to go after. Ah, that's going to do it. Yeah, information, whatever. I mean... Anything that you think that you can substitute other than him, Jesus, it'll never fill that vacuum, that loneliness. The vacuum 
it, it expresses itself different in, in, in people. Some it's that loneliness, you know. Some is, is that sense of unworthiness. Some is, I mean, all of that, those things. So, not enough, yeah, yeah, not being enough. I'm not enough, you know, as a person. Not, not enough in what I'm doing. It goes deeper than that. There's, an, there's, a, there's a part of me, an element of me that's missing. That is that sense. So let me go do this. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give me that sense of wholeness, you see. That is leaven. That's leaven. Peace. Turn to the person next to you and say, peace. Do you know what peace means in, in Hebrew? It actually means nothing missing, nothing broken. Mm. Amen? There's nothing missing, nothing broken in my life because I have died and now I'm alive in Christ. Amen? Amen? That's it. So simple. It's called the simple gospel for a reason. Amen? God is so good. We're going to get into things like in the next couple of weeks, like the law of capability where um, the leaven drives us to make us feel capable and we just try harder and try harder and try harder. But uh, we're going to learn the commandments of rest. Those are commandments in the scripture. It's a New Testament commandment that God gives us. He commands us to enter into rest. The greatest posture of faith is not church attendance. The greatest posture of faith is not on your knees praying. That's a religious idea. It's a leaven idea. The greatest posture of faith is when the soul is resting in the finished work of Jesus. That is it. So this is the exchange that we are going through in our process every day. We are exchanging us for Him. Us for Him. Our logic for His. Our yoke for His yoke. Amen? I don't want my yoke. Jeez, my yoke just yokes my wife and my kids and everyone around me and off we go and we're all in a big fat ditch. Yeah. Are you with me? But his yoke, what does he say? What does his yoke do? His yoke is light, it's easy. His burden is light. Amen? That's what we want in our lives. God is so good, guys. Now, how many Christians do you know? As a pastor, are you, I've, I've pastored in two big churches and let me tell you one thing. Like Tasso was saying, nine out of ten Christians, they have an understanding and they have an enlightenment up in their intellect, but they don't have it in their heart. And that's why when they come into the office, pastor, I've been tithing for six years and I haven't had a breakthrough. Pastor, I'm confessing my, my tongue blue, but my wife is still leaving me. My marriage is still falling apart. I'm confessing my healing, but I'm still sick. I'm doing this and I'm doing that, but nothing's working. And you know what happens to those folks? They walk away from God because they've been taught incorrectly. Amen? It's not about us. It's about what Jesus has done. We have to connect to the person. In Him is the fullness. Of the Godhead. Amen? The fullness. Remember, go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. Why did you get baptized? You died and then you rose again in Him. You're not in the picture anymore. 
Jij is dood, man. Blijf dood, alsjeblieft. Exactly. Amen. It's a radical. It's a radical belief. Christianity is so radical because there's nothing in Christianity that we look on the outside to determine if we're peaceful or right with God. The radical belief in Christianity is that you must believe that you are dead, died, and now alive in someone else. That is a radical belief system. Oh yes. Trust me. Because every single day you feel yourself. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And you've got to realize that my behavior is not me. Those feelings are not me. Yeah. I have to say, I have to know in my heart that I am in Him. I have the mind of Christ. Mm. Amen? I have the vision of Christ. Man. Just lose yourself and you're going to be happy. I promise. Amen. Everybody close your eyes. Open up your hearts. If you're anxious, if you're worried, if you're in fear of anything, if you're looking outside at circumstances and they are driving you in any way to try harder, to pray harder, to do more things for God, to give more money, you name it, whatever it is that's driving you to try and align you with Christ, <clears throat> push it all away right now. Push it all away right now. Just see yourself pushing the anxiety and all those thoughts and you know, all that creativity. <laughs> we can be so creative when it comes to these things. Just push it aside and see yourself stepping to your right and you're stepping into the figure of Jesus. You're stepping out of yourself into Him. Every step that you take away from yourself is all, and into Christ is always going to bring you more joy, more peace, more happiness, more vision, more life. To see that exchange. Now look at yourself in the new in the, the new you in Christ and look at the old guy there with all the anxiety and the fear and the worry circulating his mind and just watch him slowly disappear. Just watch him slowly disappear. And with him goes all of that nonsense. Now see yourself standing in Christ. You're burning bright. Man, you, you got, your eyes are open and they're wide and, they, and they're bright and you can see, you can see the provision. You can see the peace. Just step into it. Now that you're in Christ, just step into it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Somebody paid for you to have it. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy Thank you, Jesus. Just stay there for a moment.
Thank you, Father. Thank you for refining us and burning up all of that leaven inside of us, Father. All of those idols and all of those things that we hang on to to try and feel loved, qualified, and safe. Thank you, Father, that we let go of all of that now, all of that. And we rest in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. Bash, you want to close in prayer for us, but thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this morning we are so grateful that you have given everything to us. We're so grateful that you made a way. We're so grateful that you set us free from the prison of our own hearts, Lord. You set us free from our own darkness from our lack, Lord. You set us free from all our own chaos. You killed it in the flesh, Lord, and you resurrected us with you. Thank you so much that you made a way. Thank you. I pray for every person here this morning, Lord, that as they heard this word, I pray that it speaks to their heart in a practical, useful way, Lord in a way where they can go and they can actually start applying this to to their lives, Lord, and they can start experiencing your fullness, Lord, more and more every day. We don't want to experience more of ourselves, Lord. We're dead. We want to experience your life, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody give God a big round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen.